Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. I have a word to, to share with you today uh, about this, the great shaking that we're in. I'm looking forward to getting into this again. But we've been talking about this great shaking that we're in the middle of. I, I believe we'll look back in history and be able to see this time and, and recognize what a tremendous amount of change took place in this time. But there is a, a huge shaking. I don't want to say we're in the middle of it. Maybe we're just at the beginning of it. I'm not sure, but we've already seen a lot of shaking. Politically, our political structures are being shaken. You know, a lot of people have been, you know, very upset about that. And I would just say that's the kind of thing it just seems like almost has to happen. And I'm not sure, but I believe there's going to be a lot more shaking than what, what we've already seen there. And personally, I believe that our politicians and our political system needs to be shaken on both sides of the aisle and all the other little aisles as well. I think everything needs to be shaken there. Economically, there's been a huge, just huge shaking. You know, you can look at what's happened there, particularly with um, small businesses and, and all of their employees. And so many people have lost their jobs. That's been a very significant shaking in our economy, in our nation. It's interesting to me that it's been mostly small businesses that have been going out, not the big, big businesses. The big businesses have actually gotten stronger. The big businesses have become more powerful. And, you know, when you go through something like this, you, you, you go through looking at things and going, there are forces at work. It's not just natural things happening. There are forces at work. And so you want to back up and begin to observe things. So so, of course, I back up and, I'm, and I look at this and I go, okay, I'm watching. Are these big tech companies going to be shaken like the little man has been? And if so, how? Are they beyond shaking? Is this a man thing or is this a God thing? If it's God, you know, or nobody is untouchable, right? <laughs> so it's just something to be thinking about. When I see small businesses go out of business, it really is painful to me. I've been in small business before, and I, I know the, I know what it takes. And I, I see uh, some of these small businesses go out, and I, I hear of them in other states more so even than Texas. And it's it's really heartbreaking. You think of people; some people have left their jobs. They've invested all of their savings to start up this business. They've they've gotten into debt with equipment and whatnot, and then and then after doing that, after some of them leaving their jobs, some you know, putting all their money into something and then and then something like this happens and 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 you know their their dreams get crushed. That's a very sad thing. There you can see in our culture, in the sports world and entertainment industries, uh, the uh Hollywood stars and whatnot, you know, there's been a huge shaking there as well. Personally I I think that's been actually a very positive thing. I think that we have begun to idolize our sports and uh, our entertainment figures and put them all up on a pedestal and see them as something that they're really not. They're bigger than life, you know, bigger than reality. Somehow I just think that's actually been somewhat of a positive thing. In the church world, we, we've seen so much shaking going on there, and it's it's been shaking in, in a lot of different ways. I believe one thing that's been sh shaken is a lot of the... Uh, 
well, how should I say it, the fleshiness of the church, the, the glitter of the church. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but I believe God has shaken that, things that didn't please Him. You know, God can be somewhere where He's not pleased with everything, but we need to keep growing and go forward. When we get stuck in a rut and God's not pleased with something, He'll begin to back off and He will allow things to happen to change us. You know how it says that God chastens His children? Why does He chasten us? Not because He hates us, but because He loves us. That means He'll spank us. That means He'll allow us to go through difficulty because sometimes that's what we need. We need something that's like a spanking or a difficulty to help us change because we become stubborn, hard-headed, fleshy, and we get stuck in a rut in those areas, even as Christians. So God not only does that with individuals, He does it with the church. Sometimes I believe the church and church leadership can get stuck in a rut. We can get stuck with our success and be happy with that and not want to lay down our success for what God wants to do. Anyway, I believe God's really, really begun to deal with that. I believe there's a whole lot more shaking coming our way, to be honest with you. We don't even know where we're going yet, to be, you know, to be quite honest. I believe the church world doesn't know what we're going to end up looking like. We don't know what tomorrow's going to be like in the church world. What are the shapes and structures of what God's going to put together? And that's the other thing that God's shaking is the, the structure. Because sometimes God uses different structures and, and methods. That causes the church world to have to disconnect from the patterns. Because sometimes we get in the habit of just going through the pattern and asking God to help with that. But when God takes away the pattern and the pattern doesn't work anymore, then we begin to look to God even more so. We're dependent upon Him for everything. And I feel like just in the way that God called Abraham and he had to step out not knowing where he's going, God does that with us in individually sometimes, and He does that in the church world, and that has definitely been happening. I believe one of the greatest keys in life is to recognize where you are. If God isn't in the pattern where He was, don't try to keep working on that pattern because you're just going to be in frustration. You have to recognize, yes, that was good. God used that, but that season's over. You know, it, it's so good when you recognize that, and then you can learn to go forward. The difficulty, though, is we'd rather have that than have to walk on water. We like to do what we know to do, that we know to work. We'd rather do that than have to walk a walk of faith. And God's calling us to walk the walk of faith individually and in the church. And I would just say also, God is going to be bringing so many opportunities to individuals, and you're going to have to learn how to walk in faith to step out into the things that God's bringing you into. Believe me or not, I believe God's going to bring many opportunities to people right in the midst of all of these trials that we see all around us. You know, God brought a huge trial to the nation of Egypt many years ago, and yet for His people, they were in the land of Goshen. They had a special provision, a special blessing. It doesn't mean that there wasn't some stress happening there. In fact, there was some stress. If you remember, Pharaoh and his people came against them, made their work harder. But at the same time, they had a special protection from God, and they learned how to grow in that. And after a while, they, be, they learned how to trust in that more and more. Now, I want to talk a little bit about a pattern that we see in God's history. If you look in history, and if you look at patterns that are in the Bible, you, you'll recognize there are certain ways that God does things. And 
because of these things that we've seen in the past and that God says coming in the future, we can recognize how God works today. So one of the patterns and seasons that, that I want to refer to is when, like, for example, it looks like everything starts going downhill. It looks like things go from bad to worse. You know, th this has happened so many times with God's individuals that he's working with, with God's nation. You know, thing, things look really, really bad. Some people start to give up. A lot of people start to complain because they don't see God moving. God's not doing anything. And then all of a sudden, something happens. There's a great breakthrough. And everything then changes. It doesn't mean that there's no, no more trial, no more difficulty. But there's a breakthrough where now the people of God are going forward or the man or woman of God is going forward. And, and again, this happens so many times, whether it be from the, the Red Sea, whether it be whether it's uh, David in his greatest worst day, so to speak, out in the wilderness where having gone through that, uh, you know, walked through that on the next side was God's greatest, you know, breakthrough for him. But probably the, the greatest example is, is in the crucifixion. It's, it's, there's a pattern there that we see, again, that's spoken of and shown us so many times in Scripture. So what happens at the crucifixion? You know, they've been increasing. The, I mean, there's more and more people are listening to Jesus. They'd been, it started out with John the Baptist. Man, there was a revival. God started moving. But then things begin to turn. Things begin to look bad. And so they're all, all these are going, wait a minute. I thought we were having the momentum. I thought God was moving. I thought that we were going to have a tremendous revival and all of Israel was going to just turn to God. Rather than that, what happens? The Pharisees begin to take charge. The Pharisees begin to, the ruling class of uh, leaders in the church world and actually in Israel's governmental world begin to get their hands involved because it wasn't going the way that they wanted it to go. They were going to take control and they did take control. And what did they end up doing? They put a stop to this great movement, so to speak. They crucified the Lord. And you've got these people, you know, all these disciples who are... Now, what do you think the disciples are doing when this began to happen? I believe maybe at the beginning, they're praying like crazy. Oh, this can't be happening. God, intervene. God, do something. Oh, God, you got to change things. This can't happen, right? But after this happens, this going to the other side, Jesus actually gets crucified. I believe these guys can't believe it. I, I mean, they are utterly stunned. It looks like Satan won. This is completely unjust, and it was unjust. How could God let this happen? You see, I'm sure, and, and of course, you, you know the story where in the middle of it, it was there was so much pressure. They gave up. They gave up on God. They, 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 they actually turned their backs, on, so to speak, on standing up for Christ. The pressure of that moment was so intense. And I would say there's a darkness, a demonic, thick darkness that was there in that hour. But then you have to look at the rest of the story. It was only three days. I wish all of our trials were only three days long. Would that not be great? or a week long, if you want to look at the whole process, right? A week or so 
I wish it was all like that. But anyway, in that case, it was only a, a short time. And Jesus, here he is raised from the dead, and he's alive. It's like everything that looked like the devil had won. It looked like injustice had gotten away with it. It looked like that the enemy and darkness was taking over and that God was not involved at all. But you see, God was involved, but sometimes it looks like God's completely disinterested, not involved, not doing anything. He's just sitting back and watching. But even in those times, God is very strategic. He's got a plan and justice and God will always ultimately have the last word. And we have to remember that. Now, I will skip to the end of history of this age, the history of this. We're coming. How soon? I don't know, but we're getting closer. But there's a day that's coming. And in that day, everything is going to look really, really bad really bad. Some, many believe that we're all going to go through a particularly extremely difficult three and a half years where there'll be a, a really intense time of persecution and other things and tribulation. The great tribulation is called. But Jesus said, even when these things begin to happen, and you see these things happen, what does he say? Give up? No, he says, when it gets like that, look up. Look up, because your redemption draws nigh. Things might look like they're getting bad, but look at this. It's not going to be forever, and even then, Jesus is going to step into the earth and bring a huge breakthrough. There are going to be people praying, God, bring justice. God, show up. God, move. And I just want to tell you, God is always moving because people are praying. I hope that all of you that have been connected with this church have been praying and asking God, God, move. God, bring strongholds in this nation down. God, bring justice into this nation. Bring justice for the little man that doesn't get justice. Bring justice for those that are high up, that are escaping justice. God, let there be justice on both sides of justice for everybody. God, that we would live in a just nation. God, that there would be all these strongholds and all the parts of society. You see, our prayers make a huge difference. People were praying before Jesus came. You remember? Anna and Simeon are there when Jesus comes to the temple. Why are they there? Because God's honoring them and giving us also a picture. These people have been praying for something, praying for something, praying for something, for God's will to be done, and here it is. It's happened. We are those who pray and who believe God and who are pulling on heaven to pour out things into the earth. And we're asking God, break every lie in this nation. Break all the deception that's being spewed out of the mouths of the liars and those that are being used of the enemy. God, let truth shine. Let truth reign again. Let truth have its way. I want to encourage you, don't get all upset and discouraged because it looks like things are getting worse. Look up. God's going to bring a breakthrough at the right time. It will come. Do not give in. It will come at the right time. Don't worry if it doesn't happen by the end of next year. All I know is 
I'm going to flow with God next year. I'm going to live in victory next year. I'm going to rise above my circumstances next year. And you need to make the decision that you're going to do the same thing. You don't have to live under the circumstances. You can rise above them. And I will encourage you, you can live in a life of victory no matter what's going on. And God's teaching His people to do that. I've been telling you, I've seen, I've seen so many people in our church blessed. It's been amazing. I mentioned there'd been five, and I'm like, man, there's like a couple more where God is just showing up and bringing them into new levels of, of blessings. Here in the middle of the, a situation where you'd go, it doesn't look like it's time, you know, for people to be blessed. Well, that's just the way God works. But anyway, there's going to be that ultimate day, and people are going to be praying and praying and praying, and it's going to look like God's not involved. It's going to look like God's disinterested. But guess what? The Bible says he's going to break through those heavens one day. And there's going to be a loud shout. <laughs> Could you just imagine that day? Man, people are going to be going, hey, we're praying. Oh, let's, we're praying. And then that's the day God just shows up. That's the day of the breakthrough. That's the day when God's going to bring justice. Nobody's going to escape. Nobody's going to get away from it. Everything's going to be brought to light. Every evil deed's going to be brought to light. Man, it's going to be amazing and powerful. It's going to be something else. And uh, we need to all be ready for it because that day is coming. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, and if you're playing around with God, let me just say, what are you thinking? You need to make sure you're living right for God. You know, I'll tell you, if you're living halfway, you're never going to enjoy God that way. You're, ne you're not, and actually you can't enjoy the world that way either. You know what I mean? Either serve God wholeheartedly or do whatever you're going to do. Just do it. Why don't you just go all in on it? And I want to encourage you today, go all in on God. It's sad when I think about the fact that many people who believe they're saved have not actually been born again. They're not, they have never truly given their life to the Lord. And the light of God has never come alive on the inside of them to give them new purpose, to give them a new life. Many have that, have a heart for God. They have an affinity toward God. They have a soft spot, so to speak, for God. They, they have a wanting to honor of God in their heart, right? But they've never submitted everything and given everything to God and said, God, I lay it all on the altar. I am for you. Let me tell you, that is what it means to give your life to the Lord. It's not some passive mental something. It's not just a mental belief in God. Belief incorporates so much more in the Bible. And it is referring to something where you're giving over of yourself completely to God. That's what belief does. That's the fruit of belief. That's the evidence that you've believed the way the Bible says to believe. So I just want to encourage you today, believe in God. Anyway, getting back to this pattern. So we see this pattern where God allows things in certain times and seasons to look really bad. But then there's a the people who are praying. They're asking God. And then things may even look worse. God is just looking to get involved and bring breakthrough at the right season. And I just want to say, I believe right now God is actually setting us up for a huge breakthrough. I believe there's going to be a huge move of God. I believe that lives are going to be changed. We're going to see a lot of people come to know Jesus. And it won't be one of these 
like it has been. You know, the past generation, the church was like, oh, let them come to the Lord. They don't have to change. You know, let God do that. And then and nobody ever changed. The churches have become like the most worldly things, depending more on production than they are on God's power. I don't think production's wrong. I think you ought to have the best production possible. But you ought to never depend on that to save souls. That has to happen through God's power. So let me mention just a couple of things. I've highlighted these a little before, but I want you to think about what's going on a little bit at some degree now, which I believe is going to increase. First of all, is this the glitter of America, the glitter actually of the world, the mesmerizing forces of success, of opportunity. Again, success isn't evil in itself. Opportunity isn't evil in itself. But when we get mesmerized by it, and that's all that we're running after, it's a force that's so strong, it keeps people from giving their lives to the Lord. When that gets knocked off of people's mind, when they, the glitter of the world gets knocked off of people's hearts and minds, somehow they are then more open and able to come to God. It just is that way. The prodigal was a great example of this. He's got a lot of money from his dad. He's going out having fun. He's going to bars at night. He's going out with women, prostitutes, and doing drugs. He's just doing everything he can to live it up. So he's buying the best horse, you know, whatever he, he had. But then his money ran out. It was when he was at the lowest place and the glitter of and the opportunity had dried up for him that he came to his senses. Think about that. His situation caused his mind to think differently and to be open to God. There's a rich young ruler. You remember one time a rich young ruler comes to God, comes to Christ, and says, Hey, I know something's not right. How can I be saved? How can I have eternal life? And the Lord knows what his problem is. He's been lured by all this stuff. And now he's become a slave to all his stuff. He wants more. He's just looking at his possessions, his money. And Jesus wants to set him free. So he says, let go of all of that and just follow me. And you see, many times people have the hardest time letting go of something like opportunity, success, or something that they're looking to so much. You don't necessarily have to sell it and leave it. You need to let go of it completely, and maybe that's what it will take if it has such a stronghold in your life. But you see, this man wasn't willing to do that. And Jesus says, you know what? It's very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because of his mindset. He's so mesmerized with this world. He's so thinking about his money. He's thinking about his opportunities. He's thinking about his possessions. And you see, that's the same kind of force that has been in America. And I believe what's happened has been knocking some of that glitter off. And there is more openness to Christ than I have seen in years. And I believe that's the reason people are becoming a little desperate. They're beginning to recognize, wait a second, you know what? Even if I have all of that, somehow, what is that? What is that? People are beginning to be willing more and more to just let go of everything and do whatever God wants. 
Charles Finney, who was uh, probably the major instrument in the Second Great Awakening in America, Charles Finney would go and preach in places and see amazing conversions. The way it would look was he would go to place. I mean, people would fall on the ground sometimes. They'd be crying, and there would be masses of people. And he began to talk and, and find out how God had been working in their life. And though it may not have appeared to other people that God had been working in these lives, for many of them, he began to recognize God had already been putting them in circumstances and states of mind where they would be more open to hearing the gospel. They might still be against it, but when the final story would come out, you'd realize that God was wrestling with them on the inside. He was allowing circumstances to bring them to a certain place where they would be ready to hear the gospel. They would be more attentive to the gospel. And uh, I believe that's exactly what's been happening. John Anthony, you know, I just love hearing John speak. He's just always energetic and bubbly and full of life. You hear, get to hear him share his story, which actually he shared with us a while back. He got COVID-19. He almost died. He thought, maybe I'm not going to make it. And he was crying out to God. And someone prayed for him that very day. He said, I knew I was healed and I knew God had touched me. And from that very day, he was healed and they let him out of the hospital. I believe he said like in a day or two. And to hear his story, it's like that situation was actually used for good for me because it changed my mindset and made me want God and made me recognize that I need to be thankful to God. You see, it was what he went through that caused him to be in a different disposition and an openness to God. And guess what? God's come in his life in a major way, you see. And I believe he's, he's one of those that'd be like, hey, I'll do whatever. I'll go to wherever and do whatever God wants me to do. I just want to serve him. I want to be, I want to be pleasing to him. I want to I live my life in thankfulness to him for what he's done for me. And you see, that's the kind of, of experience that I expect to see in many lives in many lives in this upcoming season. I just believe we're going to see it. And I, I would say, too, I believe that, as I've said a little bit, I believe that the glitter has also been not, not only off of the world, but off of the church. You know, the church actually got into the glitter so much. It's all into the hype. It's all into being hip. And I don't like hype, but I guess hip is okay, you know, being cool. I, I wish I knew how to be hip. I think I'd be more hip if I knew how to how to be hip. I don't think it's a bad thing, but as I said, it's bad for that to be what you're trusting in to build your ministry or your church. And uh, in this hour, people are looking for the real deal. The glitter's getting knocked off the church. People just want the real deal. It might end up being where I don't know how God's going to do it. It might be the most lowly looking of circumstances, but I tell you. If we'll go where God wants us to go, there's going to be a lot of glory there. And people are going to go, I would not trade this for anything. And I'll tell you, once you've experienced the glory of God, the presence of God, worship that really connects with God, once you see the gifts of God flowing and ministry flowing in a house where everything's working the way it ought to work, you'll always have a, a, a vision for that. There might be seasons where it looks like that isn't like that. That you'll be looking for that, hoping for that, wanting to discover that, 
pressing into the Lord that that would happen again. And that's where I am in life right now. I'm looking to see, God, where are you? Let me stay on that path every day because I've seen that before. I want to see that and even more than that where we're going. And I believe that's God's design. You might say, great, how are we going to get there? One day at the time, we stay connected one day at the time. We trust the Lord. We give our lives to the Lord. We're listening. We're walking like Abraham did. One day at the time, we're going to end up exactly where God wants us to be. Amen? So many people are really thankful. 2020 is over. How about you guys? Yay, 2020 is over. Yes. Well, I just want to say 2021 may be a lot more stressful than 2020. <laughs> I do want to just say I believe we're going to be blessed. But I believe in the world, I believe there's going to be more shaking than ever. I believe there's going to be a lot more shaking. You know, don't just get upset at the shaking. Oh, this, that, oh, that, you know, uh, it's the crazy. I mean, yes, we can get upset at things, but I'm just saying we need to rise above these kind of things. And we need to recognize God's on the move. You need to get your eyes on what God's doing when it looks like God's not doing anything. When it looks like the devil's taking center stage. I want you to. Be challenged to rise above that and say, wait a second, what's God doing? He might only show you a little bit of what he's doing. You might only see a little bit of the big picture, but you ought to see something. God wants to show you something about what he's doing. That's one of the key elements about serving the Lord and being born again. We're supposed to have eyes that see and ears that hear, but most Christians are so focused on this life this world, this problem, that problem. What happened today? Oh, what happened this afternoon? Oh, what happened last night? Let me just tell you something. You've got to pull yourself away from that. And you've got to go to God and you've got to get perspective. And you've got to get the Word of God on the inside of you. Because if the Word of God does not reform you, remake you, remake your mind, remake you as a person, you're going to have the wrong perspective in life. But I would just say in this hour and where we're going, it's going to be imperative that you connect with Christ and that you live your life in Him, in Christ. And when I say in Christ, I mean you're knowing Him. You're drawing near to Him. You're going deeper in Him. And in this hour, this upcoming hour of shaking and probably a lot more stress, those that draw near to God those that know their God will not be touched by whatever Satan does. He will not cause you to stumble or fall. They will be strong, full of courage to face every day with a smile and rejoicing. 